Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Welcome into Stacking the Box podcast. I am Sterling Holmes, joined as always by Ian McMillan and Reed Wallach. Fellas, how we doing? I'm doing great. It's NFL Draft Week. It's one of my favorite events to watch, uh, to bet on, uh, to talk about. I'm very excited. It's finally here. Yeah, uh, exciting week, especially this week. I feel like I, this is my third episode on. All I've been talking about is how crazy this draft is going to be and how nobody seems to know anything. And I think that makes for a more exciting draft. And uh, this morning, another another wrinkle uh, from a unknown far out source by uh, Reddit uh, threw another wrench into the whole uh, situation. So a lot to talk about, and I'm pumped to you know get into it with you guys. Yeah, before we get into all of that, before we get into the craziness of the draft. Something pretty crazy finally went through yesterday, and that is Aaron Rodgers and the Packers. Well, he's going to the Jets. It's official, finally. Uh, We don't have to wonder when it's going to finally get done because it happened. And the draft compensation was pretty interesting. So here's how it breaks down. Uh, The Packers are sending Aaron Rodgers and their 2023 first-round pick 15th overall, their 2023 fifth-round pick number 170 to the Jets for New York's 2023 first-round pick, number 13, a 2023 second-round pick, number 42, 2023 sixth-round pick, 207, and then a conditional 2024 second-round pick that becomes a first if Rodgers plays 65% of snaps or more. So uh, that will become a first, unless Rodgers just all of a sudden gets so hurt he can't play. Uh, That's going to be next year's first-rounder going from the Packers to the Jets. Initial reactions, what were yours, Ian? Um... Well, my initial reaction was just thank God that we don't have to keep hearing about this because, uh, Sterling, we've been talking about this trade on the show basically ever since we started, since I hopped on as the co-host here. So it's been like two months, it feels like, three months. It feels like it's been an eternity talking about the Aaron Rodgers trade. I'm glad it is finally official now. And the more I think about it, the more I think this is good for the Jets. I don't really care what they gave up, but this is a team that I actually think, and I, I think I'm higher on the Jets maybe than most people, but I think they can win now. They had a top five defense this past year in the NFL. They have some young weapons on offense. They're probably going to take out an offensive lineman with their first pick in the NFL draft to shore up uh, that area. They signed a couple wide receivers. This team is ready to make a run. And if you're ready to make a run, you can't just wait around and hope that a top tier quarterback is going to fall on your uh, fall on your lap. Like there's only a couple of them in the entire NFL. Most of the time you need to have a number one pick in the draft to be able to get them. If you can go out and get an Aaron Rodgers, who yes is old and yes, he might only play on your team one, maybe two seasons. But you got it. You, you have a team that can go on a run. You have to do it. You have to. You have to do what you can to get an Aaron Rodgers type of guy. So you, you give yourself a chance because without a top tier quarterback, it's pretty evident now in the NFL. It's very hard, if not impossible, to win a Super Bowl. Really? Yeah. No, I agree. I think Ian hit the nail on the head. Aaron Rodgers, whether you think he's over the hill, whether you think he's still an MVP level quarterback, you gotta. At some point, you need to make a move, right? Like you want to compete. You need to get whatever rating Aaron Rodgers is type of quarterback. Do I think the Jets overpaid? Yes, because I think that I'm on the camp that Aaron Rodgers is a little over the hill. But I also 
can't knock the process that like they went all in on their guy that they want and they have a roster that's built to compete in my opinion. So you got to do it before, you know, it's time to start paying all the, you know, draft hit draft picks that they've hit on in the past few years. You need a quarterback to do that. I just think personally, they're still fighting for a playoff spot. They're in arguably the most competitive division in football, maybe the AFC West, but you know, I don't know if it's going to work for the Jets, but I can't knock the hustle of trying it. So I don't, I, that I, I'm like in a rock and a hard place here. Cause I, I like the move from a macro perspective, but then when I dive in, I'm like, they probably gave up a little too much because in reality, I don't think that they are going to win a Super Bowl or anything like that. So um, it's a tricky one for me, but I'll give the Jets thumbs up for making the move. Cause you know, this is what you had to do to win the NFL. Well, they've tried the young quarterback, the early quarterback with Sam Darnold, bust. Zach Wilson, so far, looking like a bust. At some point when the roster is as talented as it is, uh, you know, you won five games last year with Zach Wilson at quarterback. You scored, was it 15 points over the past three weeks? You got to get something. Whether you think Aaron Rodgers is washed up, he's obviously an upgrade over the corpse of Joe Flacco, Mike White, and Zach Wilson. No debating that. It's a hard situation because if you want to ask, well, are they better than the Bills, Bengals, or Chiefs? No, they're not. But what Mm -hmm. do you want them to do? Just never just wait for those three guys to retire? I mean, at some point, you have to at least try. The Jets are trying, so I applaud that. I hate tanking. I think it's, it's horrendous. It's bad for the league, okay? So I appreciate the Jets trying, but I'm also with you. If, if this is a one-year deal where let's say Rodgers ends up retiring after this season, you look back and say, well, man, that's how you tank a franchise for a long time. That's how you get sideways. That's how you have to start the rebuild process all over again. And don't give me, well, Zach Wilson's going to learn a lot from Rodgers. You think Rodgers is taking Zach Wilson under his wing? No, I don't think so. So this is going to be a very fascinating situation to watch. Again, I think it was the right move for the Jets, but you have to at least win a playoff game. Uh, Right now, again, we're talking April 25th. You have the Chiefs, Bills, Bengals. You probably have the Jaguars winning their division, so they're going to be the fourth seed, right? I have the Jets as the fifth seed. You got a tough matchup either way, right? You got a tough matchup you are playing, and you got to win at least a game to make this move pay off. Um, high risk, potentially high reward. It seems like we're all aligned, right? Like it, it, we all agree that the Jets are a playoff team, maybe not a Super Bowl team, but we also see kind of the the flaws in what this trade is, but we also commend the Jets for actually going all in and making that move for Aaron Rodgers. I think that they had to do that, especially given their roster construction, but like whether it's Zach Wilson or if they like ended up bringing back Mike White or something like that, that quarterback situation wasn't making them a contender. Now they have now entered the contender status. So, you know, you, you damn if you do, damn if you don't, whether it works or not. I personally, that 65% snap, Thing, I would have made that more win-loss based than simply playing based, in my opinion. But, you know, I, that's kind of, you know, looking a little too deep into it. Yeah, and I think um, I think now with what the Rams did, which is almost exactly this, right? They gave up a ton of draft capital to get an aging quarterback to hopefully win them a Super Bowl in a one- to two-year window, and it worked for them. So if the Jets have seen the Rams do this exact same thing, why not take a shot? Yeah, maybe if it doesn't work, maybe it sets you back a year or two in trying to rebuild the franchise. But at least you had a shot because right now, unless something weird happens, they have a legitimate shot to win the Super Bowl. Yeah, maybe they're not as good as the Chiefs, Bills, or Bengals, but they're good enough to beat those teams. And that's all it has to be when in a you know one-game knockout playoff format. Yeah, um, They're going to have a shot this year. It, we'll yeah. see if it works out, but at the very least, they'll be in the conversation. Yeah, I just never like when teams are like, well, what are we supposed to do? Wait for those guys to retire because they're not retiring anytime soon. And I don't see either three of those guys leaving the AFC anytime soon. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate megastores led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. 
Uh, I will also point out this is going to be one of the better teams Aaron Rodgers has probably ever been a part of. Obviously, they've been the one seed a few times. Uh, but this defense is legitimately talented for the Jets. Maybe the best defense Aaron Rodgers will ever have. And yes, no Devontae Adams, but a deeper wide receiving core of, you know, Garrett Wilson, right? Garrett Wilson really came on last year for them. Um, I'm excited. I'm excited because it could be very chaotic as well. It could be great. It could be horrible. We're just sitting here, sitting back watching. We don't really root for either of these teams. Reed, you're not a Jets guy, right? No, it's funny. Giants and Jets, some of my friends that are Giants fans, they hate the Jets because like crosstown rivalry or same stadium rivalry, I guess. I don't really care. I think like they're in different leagues. Why does it matter? Um, I, it makes no difference to me. So, uh, you know, good for the Jets. I have, I have Jet fan friends that like are really excited. So, you know, whoop de do J-E-T-S, <laughs> Jets, Jets, Jets. Um no, this is, this is good, and I'm excited for the national media, especially the New York media, to be tougher. Uh, we talked yesterday, at least I talked yesterday, some people. The Green Bay market, at, at times, not saying the reporters are, are, are bad, but what I was basically told was sometimes it's treated like a college team, right? Where you're not necessarily sucking up to the team, but you don't want to say anything horrendous about the team because you're trying to get good connections. There's not a, a lot of other teams. Rather. You're not in New York, right? You don't have six newspapers writing about this team. You don't mm-hmm. have all these other sports going on. Green Bay, you got Green Bay. You have the Packers. So how is Aaron Rodgers going to handle the criticism from New York? How is he going to handle the criticism if they start one and three? You have not won an MVP, multiple MVPs in New York. You won those in Green Bay. The Super Bowl you won wasn't in New York. It was in Green Bay. If things go sideways, he can't tell the New York media to R-E-L-A-X. They're not going to buy it. Yeah, it's going to be – It's yeah, it's going to be fun. I'm interested to see how it works, though. All Maybe right. I'll have to go in a midseason uh, darkness retreat again. Before we get into the draft, uh, you had some news, Reed. What were you talking about? Yeah, so this morning, um, Will Levis took a lot of money to be the number one overall pick. Uh, what seemed like this is like based on odds, but uh, what seemed like a sure thing that Bryce Young was going to be the number one overall pick, he was like minus twenty five hundred, which is you know north of ninety five percent probability, implied probability. Like it, it's done basically. All that's missing is the card with his name on it. Um, late last night, early this morning, all of a sudden, dra- I was in a meeting with Ian and said. Yeah, like, you know, Will Levis just got, like, whacked at the sports book to go number one overall. He's down to, like, 10 to 1. I don't know if, like, it's going to mean anything or, like, someone just put in a big bet because these draft markets are – the sports books don't know. This isn't like they're setting odds. They are just going based on who's betting what. It's very easy to move these lines with one big bet. So someone came in and placed a big bet on Will Levis, and then the national media caught on to it. And Will Levis went from – over the weekend, like 60 to one to be the number one overall pick all the way down to like four to one as of like 10 a.m. Eastern. It's since like kind of corrected itself. He's like eight to one. Now Bryce Young is like minus 1200, which is still, let's just be clear. Bryce Young is still a very, very heavy favorite to be the number one overall pick. But it's just very interesting that Will Levis all of a sudden is getting this hype because we've discussed that Will Levis also getting hyped to go number two overall. He's the favorite there. He's also the number, the favorite to go number four overall. So Will Lev is at the center of all these draft conversations. And if we want to, it seems like the um, original thing that started this move, I'm sure someone else is connected or something, but someone on Reddit, I, I need to pull up the name of the sale term. agreeable two, eight, three, four might go down in NFL draft lore. Posted on Reddit, and Ian, if you have it up in front of you, I don't have it up in front of me. If you want to put it up in front of you, uh, you can read the actual, what that person posted on Reddit. Four hours ago, a user by the name of Sale, so about 8 a.m. Eastern, Sale Agreeable 2834 posted on our sports book. The title of the post says, Will Levis is currently plus 4,000, me the first overall pick. Well, ladies and gentlemen, he's telling friends and family that Carolina will, in fact, take him on Thursday. You're welcome. And then this started a frenzy that he's going to go number one. Now, again, these draft markets, like the sportsbooks don't know. So if hundreds, thousands of people are trying to get down and will love us, they are just going to basically auto shift and just take as like just move the number as far short as they want and then just like try and stop the masses from flooding it. Because then 
You got national reporters saying like, oh, my God, look at this odds movement. Like what's happening? Like I had four different people text me at the same time. Like, is this Will Levis stuff real? Like as someone who reads these reports and tries to keep up to date on it, I said, like, I don't really buy it because I'm pretty sure it's Bryce Young. But you never know. So I thought that was really interesting. And that was kind of the the draft. I thought Monday morning would give a little bit of juice, you know, a little bit, maybe some more mock drafts some more talking. It's been more of the we don't know uh, dialogue. So I thought that this was a nice little, you know, a little pick me up to draft week. Now we have a little juice going. I don't think much is going to come of it, but it was a it was a fun uh, morning trying to sift through all these reports. And nobody knows who sale agreeable two eight three four is. It could be a guy who is connected to Will Levis. It could be a random guy in Europe. It could be anybody. It, it, there, but because no... he posted this, sports books are taking a ton of bets on Will Levis going first overall. Has the internet ever lied before? I mean, the internet's (laughs) always truthful. It's never lied before. There's nothing concrete. Like, there's been no, like, Ian Rappaport, Adam Schefter saying, yes, like, Will Levis is in contention going number one. Like, Bryce Young is still seen. I've I've honestly seen everyone saying it's assumed that Bryce Young's going to go number one. So, I I don't think that there's any – this isn't, like, saying, like, let's go out and bet Will Levis. I think that was uh, nothing more than some fun here on draft. I still think that there's – a lot to be sorted out, uh, you know, ahead of Thursday. We're what, like 48 plus seven, we're 55 hours out from the draft and we still don't know what's going on at number two and number three. Did Will Levis hop over CJ Stroud as the potential for number one? Were those odds better? Yeah, yeah. Wow. that's what I initially thought the move was because as we've discussed here, like CJ Stroud's odds have been going further away from the top of the board and Will Levis has been shrinking. So I thought... It was just the sports books adjusting the odds and putting Will Levis as the second choice and CJ Stroud as the third. And then everyone kind of caught on to this and started, you know, betting it, like, you know, repeat clicking. So uh, we'll, we'll see what happens here. But yeah, CJ Stroud, again, it continues. So I know last week you said it was a smokescreen. CJ Stroud still going number one, number two. <laughs> he still seems to be going in the wrong direction. Yeah, I, I think I want to retract that. I, I think I'm going to retract that. I'm uh, actually supposed to talk to Bryce Young tomorrow wow. so um so yeah now i'm on the bryce young train come on you know if you think i'm not sucking up you, you're out of your board someone's gonna be like oh oh you're you're gonna suck up hell yeah come on I, i'll be that asshole come on all right let's get into it. let's get into the future what will the texans do at number two in the draft I'll go first. Uh, I I did my official uh, iMac mock draft of the first round last night uh, on my podcast, and I have the Texans staying at number two, and I have the Texans going defense, and I have them going Tyree Wilson, not even taking Will Anderson. Um, once again, I know this is not a betting show, but this is kind of my background as Reed's background. When it comes to the NFL draft, I trust the betting odds more than anything else, and Will Anderson has been the favorite for – forever to be the first defensive player taken Tyree Wilson has now leapfrogged him he's now the betting favor to be the first defensive player taken I'm seeing some mock drafts now saying that he's going to take uh be taken over Will Anderson so as a little bit of a bold prediction here because most people think the Texans might trade down or go quarterback I think the Texans keep the pick and I think they go defense and I think they go Tyree Wilson from Texas Tech I, I think you go, Sterling. No, I was, was going to say, do, do you think, Ian, that if, if you were the GM, who would you take, Will Anderson or Tyree Wilson? Tyree Wilson. I've, I've, been, I've been the captain of the Tyree Wilson fan club for the past few weeks, so I'll just stick with Tyree Wilson. <laughs> yeah, I, I think that's very much on the board. I, I think if the Texans stand pat, they're going to end up taking defense. I, I think they pass on the quarterbacks. Um but I, I think the Texans ultimately they get a deal they want, whether it's from the Titans, the Patriots, the Vikings, you know, maybe another team in the back half of the first round that or back half of the top ten that wants to move up and get whether it's Will Levis, uh, CJ Stroud seems to be falling out of favor. But I think the Texans ultimately, when they're on the clock, they're going to be trading back, and someone's going to trade up and take Will Levis. I think that the betting market says, and you know, Daniel Jeremiah even said last night, he's like. The Houston Texans will not be taking Will Levis number two. So, but like that was very, he very clearly said the Houston Texans will not be taking Will Levis. So I think 
that Daniel Jeremiah is hearing what the betting market's hearing and that Will Levis is going to go number two. He's now like plus 150, still the, the favorite. But I think that there's some smoke to this. Texans trade back. They kick this down the road a little bit. They keep building up assets to if they need to move up next year to get Caleb Williams or Drake May. I think Houston moves back and someone moves up to take Will Levis. So I guess my will, will the Texans do at number two, it's trade. And I still think Will Levis ends up going number two. And I'll yeah. say, if I had to throw out a prediction, I'll say the Patriots take Will Levis. I think the Patriots end up moving up. Yeah. I think the Texans move back. They're just trying to get as much draft capital as they possibly can. You know, they already have another first round draft pick already in this draft. Um, I don't understand it personally. Um, it basically sounds like, according to their Twitter account, plan on tanking one more year for Caleb Williams. I've already told you guys what I think about tanking, especially in the NFL. It always makes me laugh because the GMs, they might have a game plan in place. They might say, yeah, we're going to tank. But you think the players are buying into that? You think the players are like, all right, yeah, you guys want to tank, but you're going to take care of me, right? You'll take care of me financially and everything going, going forward in the future, right. won't you? No, they're not. So the players have no incentive to tank. So well, just look at the week 18 with the, to this very same Texans team yeah. this year. Yeah. They're I, supposed to lose and they won uh, on a last second throw. So, so, so um, again, I, I think example. tanking is, is completely overblown, over overrated. Um, how many times have we gone through a list of players? who you think, Oh, he's going to be a stud quarterback and he's an absolute, I mean, Zach Wilson, second overall, same Darnold three. I'm like, we've done this, this exercise so many times. Baker Mayfield was one, one, right. Um, what it, what it comes down to is I think they trade back because that's what the Texans are telling us, but I think it's silly. I personally believe the Texans should stay at two and draft a quarterback. Uh, again, I'm on the C.J. Stroud trade. I think C.J. Stroud is either the best or second-best quarterback by far. I think Bryce Young and Stroud are in a, another level, and then mm-hmm. it's everyone else. But, um, but yeah, Texans are telling us they're going to trade back. I don't like it. Yeah, I, I think also if, first of all, the Texans worked out every single quarterback, and that includes Hendon Hooker. What if the Texans like Hendon Hooker and they just want to accumulate back? Also, if they do trade back from two, and again, I'm using the Patriot example, and I saw in the comments, why would the Pats move up? Um, the Mac Jones reports, in my opinion, are bad. So I think that the Patriots are in the market, and they worked out Will Levis last week. So maybe the Patriots are in the market for a quarterback. Um, you could throw the Vikings in there or something. But if the Texans are then going to get pick 12 and another pick in, let's say, outside the top 10, what if one of those quarterbacks starts to slide? Then you can move back up for a cheaper price. And then you can go get that quarterback if you're so inclined or you get Hendon Hooker in the back half of the first round. I just think if the Texans don't love anybody, someone I think is going to bite on these quarterbacks, whether it is the Patriots, the Vikings, the Titans again. Like those teams, there's been smoke out there that they're interested in quarterbacks. I think that the Texans are ultimately going to end up caving and just saying, we don't want this pick. We're going to trade it. Can we also talk about how Hendon Hooker's 25? I mean, Stetson Bennett's 25, and everyone was acting like he shouldn't be playing college football. That's only because they were winning. Hendon Hooker's also 25 years old and gets no flack. Also, Hooker's coming off some major injuries. Um, I understand it's going up people's draft boards, but I would be very concerned. That seems like a Brandon Whedon 2.0 type situation going on. Yeah, maybe. I mean, everyone, everyone's saying he's going first round. Yeah. Like it's like, a, it's like a formality at this point. What was seemed like a kind of a, a question. Now everyone's saying, yeah, first round lock. Yeah. Uh, let's get into the future. Number two, what would the Cardinals do at number three in the draft? Uh, I do want to, I do want to really quickly just address the question in the chat. Jay Ward says, why would the Pats move up to draft the quarterback? Cause maybe it could be up and trade with the Cardinals too. I, I think from what I see everywhere, uh, is the Patriots are, are owed on Mac Jones. A- am I mm-hmm. wrong in saying that? It seems like they, there was reports that they, that they were shopping Mac Jones, trying to trade him. doesn't look like there's a lot of suitors. So I'll, a lot of people think the Patriots are going to trade up or maybe not trade up all the way to number two or number three, but trade up a little bit or even just stay where they're at if uh, someone drops them uh, a quarterback. Um, yeah, I I think, think, yeah, go Nick ahead. Casario, Nick Casario comes from the Patriots, so I think there's like a natural link of trade partners there. I think – Look at like for teams looking to trade up, at least in my opinion, look for the ones that have veteran quarterbacks on later deals. Even if you basically get a quarterback to redshirt a year, whether it's Levis or Shroud, just a quarterback to sit behind the veteran for a year. You know, I, I've seen the Vikings 
linked a lot to moving up in the um, draft or, you know, Stan Pat and take Hendon Hooker. Seattle signed Geno Smith to that extension, but it's basically only like a one-year guarantee. And then like everything else is like either non-guaranteed or very light guarantee. So Seattle's been another team that, you know, has been linked to quarterbacks. Detroit with Jared Goff. That's where I would be looking. Who would move up or take a quarterback maybe higher than expected? Um, and I think the Patriots, there's a natural connection there. And Jay Ward's on, on our vibe with uh, the Vikings taking uh, Hendon Hooker. Yeah, maybe Atlanta needs a quarterback too. I don't know, though. Absolutely not. <laughs> All right. Uh, what would the Cardinals do at number three in the draft? Uh, my prediction is um, that they don't expect Will Anderson to fall to them. And when the Texans shock everybody by taking Tyree Wilson, number two overall, they go, oh, Will Anderson just fell in our laps. We're going to take him. We're going to take who we feel is the best defensive player in the draft. So I say they stay put. They don't find a trade partner. They take Will Anderson. Yeah, I, I definitely possible. I went a little bit more uh, bold. The, all the smoke uh, this week on draft week is that the Cardinals like Paris Johnson, the number one ranked offensive lineman from Ohio State. Kyler Murray likes Paris Johnson. That one seems a little like not fake, but you know what I mean? That one seems like real like GM agent talk. Kyler Murray likes this guy, so they should take him. Um, I think it's been reported ad nauseum for the last few weeks. The Cardinals want to trade out. I just don't think that they're going to get the offer they want, and they're going to be stuck at three. Whether the Texans trade or not, I don't think Arizona is going to be able to get out of this pick for a valuable pick, even though they should just get out of it for whatever it costs. Because if you move back a few picks, you could get Paris Johnson and pick up you know another you know future draft capital. Again, this team is arguably the worst roster in the league right now. So. Um, I'll go with the more they can't get out of the pick, and I'll take Paris Johnson, number three overall, which would be – I. the odds are starting to reflect that. You know, Paris Johnson's in the conversation, but I think that would be a, a draft day stunner, uh, in my opinion. Well, since I have Bryce Young going one, I have a team trading up to take a quarterback at two. I think at three, I'm with you for the most part, Reed. I, I don't think they trade back yeah. even if they want to. I think that the value probably they don't see – uh, them returning that value. And I think Will Anderson will be there for the taking. So I'm sorry, Ian. No, not going with Wilson. I'm going with Will Anderson as the first defensive player taken. I think Will Anderson goes to the Cardinals. Uh, again, they need a lot of talent, man. The Cardinals are just a in a horrible spot right now. I mean, they do not have talent, offense, defense, anywhere. Kyler Murray, we think, has a ton of talent, but he's injured. And how much does he really want it? Uh, that remains to be seen. Uh, frankly, if he wants a guy, if I were the Arizona Cardinals, say, yeah, don't get that guy. I don't want him to be his Call of Duty partner. That, that's not what I want. <laughs> I, I don't want him to to link up so they can play some Modern Warfare too. I want them to be out here so they can have, build a good football team. So uh, I think Will Anderson goes three. I will say uh, I was just looking at the betting market for uh, number three overall pick. C.J. Stroud plus 275. Like They have no idea what's going to happen. Mm-hmm. There are six players with like realistic odds, Stroud, Wilson, Anderson, Paris Johnson, Anthony Richardson, and Will Levis, all close to each other on the odds list to go three overall. This draft is going to be bananas. Nobody yeah, knows yeah. what's going to happen. Yeah. This might be the most insane draft or chaotic draft we have ever seen. I know we talked about this last week we, when we were talking about who might be a Hall of Famer from this draft class. My was no one. And we, <laughs> right. the, the only other draft that reminded me of this current draft was 2015, where it was you have a lot of depth pieces, you have a lot of solid players, but you don't have any superstars necessarily. It kind of feels like this one. You get into rounds two through three, it feels like there's a ton of players who might be starters, right? Even just good contributors. But you look through this, I just don't see a ton of superstars. But again, you look at everyone's draft, it just takes one team. It just takes one team to draft uh, Darnell Wright, 10th overall. It takes one team to draft Lucas Van Ness early. I've seen Lucas Van Ness at times drafted in the second round in mock drafts. I mean, this is just absurd, right? Yeah, it's insane. I, I, think, I, I think it's all like – the draft not being as good makes it crazier, which is like funny because you, you know what I mean? Like you, no one knows who they take because everyone is going to have such varied opinions on all these players that are seen as not as good. So I think that adds for more chaos, which is makes for a better viewing experience. Yeah. What will be the biggest surprise amongst top 10 picks? 
Uh, my prediction is that uh, Anthony Richardson gets drafted before CJ Stroud. Um, I buy that. I, I'm with that. Uh, I'm, I'm with that. Pause, pause. Why is CJ Stroud? Am I am I out in the dark here? Why is CJ Stroud falling so much? He's Bo Callahan. Who's Bo Callahan? Oh my God! What draft day? Oh, Wisconsin, Wisconsin quarterback who no one likes him and he falls down the board. Sonny Weaver works a draft day mar- miracle. Come on. Is that, is that the movie? I haven't seen the movie. Oh, my God. You have to watch the movie. It's like my favorite movie of all time. It's everyone amazing. everyone it says it sucks. Amazing. It everyone says it sucks. Real. It's okay. amazing. It is all right. unreal. Uh, all right, if you say so. Um, yeah, but yeah, I don't know why. Is it? Is it? Was he the one who stood up Peyton Manning and didn't do Peyton Manning's quarterback show or something? And I think he didn't have a good score in the Wonderlic test, which I'm surprised is something that we still talk about in 2023. Um, but for some reason, he does seem to be dropping on everyone's board. In my official iMac mock draft, I have Anthony Richardson going seven to the Raiders, and then I have the Texans trading back up with the Falcons and taking CJ Stroud at eight. Why wouldn't the Falcons take C.J. Stroud? Because the Falcons have a future three-time Super Bowl, four-time MVP in Desmond Ritter. They don't need another quarterback. I I could I could see Houston. There's been no real connection for Stroud to really anywhere, which I guess like that opens up a ton of variables. But like I think based on what I've read. Indianapolis rates it Will Levis, Anthony Richardson, CJ Shroud like that. And then Bryce Young, obviously one. That's how I think their board breaks. So I guess if Will Levis is going to, which Ian, I guess yours doesn't in this case, but if Will Levis goes ahead and Indianapolis, who is definitely taking quarterback by all accounts, they'd go Anthony Richardson. Then I agree with this though. I think Richardson ends up going anywhere between three and five. Dude. Three and five, and then Shroud falls uh, closer to eight. Maybe I'm an idiot, but I, I just don't see it. Again, I, I keep I, seeing it. I don't I, have a wild, like, my imagination has gone, has taken over all control here with this uh, draft board. Listen, I crazy like write down exactly how I think it's going to go because I'm, like, all over the place. Sure. Cra- crazy, thing ha- crazy things happen in the NFL draft. It never goes how anyone predicts it's going to go. Mm. So yeah, you like Trub- get a little Trubisky's second overall. Yeah, that was a good one. Um, for, for me, what I want to just get here is Will Levis is a second quarterback taken, second overall, but I don't agree with it. That's what I think is going to be the biggest surprise. I know the betting odds, you fellas, you're on it more than I am. The betting odds probably think that it's not going to be a surprise at all. But to me, that's a massive surprise. Again, I went to Mizzou. I watched a ton of SEC football games this year. I watched a lot of Will Levis. I saw him in person. There's nothing that screams, to me, first-round quarterback, let alone second quarterback taken this year. I just don't see it. That's me. Maybe he proves me wrong, and he's Josh Allen. Again, I think Josh Allen's more of the outlier, right? I think we always look towards players like, well, Tyree Kill's 5'9", and he can go up and get it, and look where he was drafted, look what he turned into. I go, yeah, but that's the outlier. Mm-hmm. People love pointing to Tom Brady saying, well, you can draft a quarterback anywhere. Okay, well, who else? Don't give me the outlier. Give me the, 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 the uh, base case. Not the best case, the base case. And so for me, I think Will Levis fits more like a Zach Wilson than he does a Josh Allen. I, I I think to your point, though, Sterling, I think these teams now picking at the top, especially, and this is why I think like the Tyree Wilson, Will Anderson debate has kind of ranged on because I think teams drafting at the top, they want the ceiling. They're they're willing more to take these chances where Tyree Wilson, what he grade out with like an 84 inch wingspan. He's an absolute freak of nature. So and it's why Trayvon Walker went one last year. The yeah. The upside is so tantalizing and so. Uh, intoxicating that teams feel the need like we could capture this ceiling let's go get the ceiling and if it's the if you end up getting the floor then maybe that's a little bit lower than expected but I think teams picking at the top they want that ceiling which is why you're seeing those like you're saying the Josh Allen hopefuls maybe getting pushed up the board a little bit higher I've seen Will Will Levis and Josh Allen compared to one another. Sure, and where was Josh Allen uh, taken? Where was Patrick Mahomes taken? These are not 1-1. I I just don't understand. And again, this is just me. I don't understand the obsession with potential. Mm -hmm. I I don't get it. 
I, I have, I, the older I've gotten, and maybe it's the curmudgeon in me, the older I've gotten, the more I'm like, give me the floor guy. Give me at least a guy who I know can be a contributor. Maybe mm-hmm. the ceiling's not going to be quite as high. But if you've been, I mean, for example, just Royals and Chiefs, Aldebaran Mondesi, all the talent in the world, never once put it together for any sort of stretch. Chiefs, yeah. for example. I mean, Tyson Jackson. Um, you, you, you go down the list of all these players. Well, look at the potential. Look what they could become. Okay, but look what they did become. We have the 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 cases of who they end up being. Stop trying to go for the one in a hundred and go for the guy that's going to be uh, seventy five. Like just it, to me, I, I get so annoyed with the talk of potential. Actually, get out there and perform. That's why I love George Karloftis last year for Kansas City. The upside isn't quite there and some other guys, but you know he can come in and start game one. I mean, Ian, you probably know as well as anyway, being a Falcons guy. Like, you ha- you've obviously had some players that had a high potential. What have they become? Not much, especially the pass rushers that we like to draft. Well, Vic Beasley was good for a year. <laughs> I mean, Giants, same thing, right? I mean, you're always sold on potential. It's easy to sell potential. It's easy. Yeah. It's Very tougher important. to sell the above average players. It's tougher to sell that this guy is going to be a 10 sack a year guy. Mm-hmm. Than that, it is uh, sell. Man, look at these teams at the bottom though. That's why they always find themselves fighting and taking the high ceiling guys. Cause they're at the bottom. They need like franchise changing talent. I agree with you. You should probably build maybe more steady, like building blocks, but with the, with the turnover in the NFL now, it just seems like these teams are banking more on the high level traits more than anything. And we say that, and they're like a 5'10 quarterback is about to go number one. <laughs> uh, let's get into the future uh, again because I, I'm going to go on just too much of a rant if I keep talking about ceiling versus floor, and apparently I'm always going to be the minority here. But predict how many trades will happen in the first round. Uh, I'm going to say five. I don't really have anything to base that off of. Yeah. <laughs> Um, that, <laughs> I don't really know yeah, how to quantify that prediction, but just so I have a prediction out there, I'll say five. What's, what, what is the average amount of trades? I tried to look it up. I couldn't find it, a resource. How many trades usually happen in the first round? I'm looking right now. Hey, this is going to take me forever to go through. I'm just looking back. I could go while you're talking. While he's looking, well, well, you mean? Yeah, while, you, while, you, while he's looking, sorry. Um, why, 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 what do you count a first-round trade, though? Because, for example, uh, Jacksonville last year went up to 27th overall, but Tampa received a second-round, fourth-round, and sixth-round, so it wasn't a first-round swap. Does that still count as one? Yes. Okay. So how it, many, it involves any kind of pick. Yeah. How many dra- – on Thursday, how many trades will be announced or reported or yes. commenced, whatever you want to call it? I, I'll go. I said three, and I feel like it, like I'm closer to Ian. Yeah, I I said three, and I I want to go higher now. Can I? I'm gonna. I, I kind of feel five. I feel like towards the end of the first round, you're gonna start seeing seeing teams try to trade in, whether it is either for a quarterback like Hendon Hooker if he starts falling a little bit, a wide receiver, um, or offensive line help. I could see teams trying to move into the first round again. That fifth year option seems to be so so important nowadays. Um, so I said three, and I'm already kind of regretting it. I feel like I should go closer to five, like Ian. Nope, it's locked in. You can't change it. Three it is. Eight. I'm strong then. <laughs> I'm going eight. I just looked it up. There's way more than you think, especially is towards there? the back end. Yeah, it just like – it was really difficult to find, like, last year because some of it was, I think, pre-draft, and some of it was just, just – Right. That's... It, it, it's gonna, It's difficult to really find. I'm going to go eight, man. I, I think this I like is the, the, the craziest draft. I think, again – the Colts might move up from four to two. The Texans might move three times in their own right in the first round. So I'm going to go eight, go out on a limb here. I think this is going to be the craziest draft, the most chaotic draft we've probably seen in our lifetimes. Yeah, I went way too low. (laughs) (laughs) I'm I'm locking it in on the show sheet at eight. So that way you guys know, you know, when we come and take a look back at this on uh, next Tuesday, who was right? Uh, before we move on too much, I do I, I need to I need to recognize this all time hot take uh, in the chat that was said a little bit earlier. Chris Albright says Will Anderson is overrated. I pick Van Ness over Anderson. Van Ness, the rusher from Iowa. Hot take. I respect it though. Reed, do you have any thoughts on that? Van Ness over Will Anderson. It seems like the the rub on Will Anderson is like lack of like 
ceiling, like high floor, low ceiling, which again, like that's, we're talking about the Tyree Wilson thing. It seems like that's why Will Anderson is falling. Van Ness, I mean, freak athlete, played for one of the best defense in the country uh, in Iowa. So I think people love Van Ness, but Sterling, you were saying like mock draft all over the place. I've seen him pick as high as eight to the Falcons, but also outside the top 20. So um, it seems like there's kind of a polarizing opinion on Van Ness, but he's like a freak, a freak. So I wouldn't be surprised if he lands in a good situation. Uh, He could show up like still lean with Anderson again, like high floor. Yeah, Chris is a good dude. He he always reminds me when I uh, bring up the fact that I thought the Chiefs were going to take a little step back last year. Uh, they sure did not take a step back. And Chris um, Fair reminds me of it. I also always love his profile picture of the band Tool. Big fan of Tool. If you look at that, I'm a, I'm a drummer. You think I'm not going to like the band Tool? <laughs> Come on. Uh, but no, I think Will Anderson. I, I think Will Anderson is going to be an absolute stud. Uh, I'm very high on him. I, Van Ness, I think. Um, again, there's so much variance in him that makes me a little nervous. Yeah, you can play inside. Yeah, you can play outside. But versatility is only as good as as long as you are a good player overall. If you can play both positions, but you don't play either well, well, who's that really help? Um, let's get into the future again. Uh, over under three and a half wide receivers selected in the first round. Yeah, this is an interesting one in terms of how many wide receivers are going to be taken in the first round. Um, obviously, JSN is going to be taken. There's no doubt about that. But then, and correct me if I'm wrong, but like the next three guys are all kind of similar. Like, I don't think there's a clear number two receiver, is there? So there's Johnston, there's Addison, and Flowers. So are all four of those guys going to be selected in the first round? I say yes, mostly based on just how many teams in the second half of the first round need wide receivers like the Packers at 13 uh the Lions the Chargers the Ravens the Vikings the Giants like there's a lot of teams in the back half of this first round that could take a receiver with the first pick so I'm gonna go over three and a half receivers I think all those guys get selected and I'll get a a little bit of a hot take as well I think five wide receivers might be selected I think Josh Downs might be selected in the first round so I love Downs yeah. So, yes, I'm going to go over. I went under. I just think that there's too many needs. There's too many, you know, teams that don't necessarily. I know wide receivers are becoming a premium position, but I just feel like it ends up landing on three. I think that you see Jackson Smith and Jigba. I think you see uh, Zay Flowers. And I think you see Jordan Addison. I feel like Quinn and Johnson. So I know that. You had mentioned the Chiefs have been linked to them, uh, to Quinn and Johnston. I know that that's been like the buzzy report. I think, though, the Chiefs, going with your theory that they're going to move up, I feel like it would be for not a wide receiver, rather, maybe some offensive line help, maybe another pass rusher even. So I feel like wide receivers end up getting pushed down the board because they are so um, squished together. There are, is so much talent. I feel like teams don't necessarily prioritize it. I could see a similar thing happening with tight ends. There are good options, so it ends up kind of pushing them down the board because teams don't prioritize them. Yeah, uh, I, I do think the Chiefs trade up, and again, I, I'm hoping, hoping it's darn all right tackle from Tennessee, so I'm just going to keep speaking that into existence. That's what I'm hoping for, so I think that takes one wide receiver off the board. JSN, yes, but again, I'm with you. This this wide receiver class is, is pretty good, but it's not great, mm-hmm. and that's what it is. Like last year, I think, was a great class. I mean, you're, you're looking back on that class already and saying, wow, there were some studs. This year, it feels like a whole bunch of wide receiver twos, wide receiver threes, maybe some starters, some contributors, but not necessarily the game changers, and that might make them push down. I went under. I had JSN, Quentin Johnston, and Zay Flowers in the first round. I think Jordan Addison falls to the second, but Josh Downs, Jalen Hyatt, Jaden Reed, uh, Cedric Tillman, who I'm very high on, uh, A.T. Perry, Kayshawn Boutte, Jonathan Mingo. I mean, Trey Palmer from Nebraska. Like, there's so many guys in that second to third round range that I think can be contributors. I don't know if there's a guy in the first round that I'm saying, yeah, I want to risk a first round draft pick on this dude when I might be able to find similar uh, production in the second or third. So, I completely agree. If, if the Chiefs, because uh, you are a Chiefs fan, you cover the team. If the Chiefs walk away with a wide receiver, though, are you happy? Are you upset? Does it matter? You're cool. Uh, like you trust uh, Veach. 
for the most part, I trust Veach. It's tough to not trust a dude yeah. who's obviously taking you to three Super Bowls in five years. But at the same time, he also drafted Clyde Edwards-Alaire, mm-hmm. uh, you know, McCole Hardman over DK Metcalf, which is a whole story. You know, Sky Moore over George Pickens, which led me to start believing. I wonder if Andy Reid's scheme and system is so difficult, so in-depth. A lot of times they look for guys who they think can pick up that system quicker rather than the overall talent, because there's no denying DK Metcalf was more talented than McColl. There's mm-hmm. no denying that George Pickens was probably more talented than Sky Moore, but a lot of it came down to maybe some character stuff. Who's, who's a me first guy uh, versus who's a team player. And the chiefs, I think went with the team player. Um, I just think in general though, not just chiefs related, but all teams might have these wide receivers, it's not worth the first round capital if you're not going to necessarily have a first round talent. It just, it does seem you can get similar production in the second and third round. Yeah. Uh, Sterling, which, so which receiver, I, I don't think you mentioned it. Sorry if I missed it, which receiver of the top four do you think doesn't go in the first round? Uh, Addison. I think Addison yeah. is the one that, that uh, moves to the second round. Um, again, that 173, I know Zay Flowers is two inches shorter, but 182. Um, <laughs> Adam Best over there at Arrowhead Attic did a good breakdown as far as bust rate based on size. And again, obviously it's it's difficult, right? We're, we're, we're throwing everyone into a bucket without taking into account, you know, what do they do in college, this, that, and the other. But if you're under 180, if you're in that 170 range, you don't have a great chance of being an impact player. And an impact player, a contributor, was getting 800-plus yards in one year, right? So we're not talking about a 1,000-yard receiver, but 800 yards, um, it's difficult. So I, I think that's going to catch up to him. All right, let's uh, do some quick hitters in or out. Jameer Gibbs will be a first round draft pick. Um, I want to say, oh, but also in my mock draft, I had him going 30 to the Eagles. So I, I, I don't, I don't know. <laughs> I hope I hope he doesn't because I hope teams are starting to and for those who don't know this is the running back from Alabama. Obviously the clear number 2 running back in the draft behind Bijan Robinson. Um I hope teams have learned to not waste a first round pick on a running back. But I don't think they have. <laughs> is kind of where I stand. So if I was the GM of every team, I would he would be falling out of the first round. But I'm not. And they have these old guys who still probably think you need to establish the run before you can do anything else on the football field. So I will say, yes, he is a first-round draft pick. Uh, yeah, I'll go with yes, too. And again, like, this is – I just, like, I, I inhale all these reports and I try to, like, sift through what's real and what's not real. This week, every prominent national reporter said Jameer Gibbs is getting into the first round. So I think that part of that has to do with – there's a, or maybe it's perceived that there's a big drop off between Bijan and Gibbs, and then the next group of guys that is making Gibbs that much more valuable. Um, and I saw, um, I don't want to say the wrong name, but some national reporter said that some boards have Gibbs rated over Bijan Robinson. That might be a little crazy. Mm-hmm. I think Gibbs is absolutely insane. He's filthy. So. I think he's a first-round talent. If he falls out, it wouldn't be that surprising. I'll go with yes, though. I think someone again that back half. And I think, again, it's going to start to push down some of these positions, whether it's corner or whether it is wide receiver. I think someone's going to value Jameer Gibbs enough to move into that first round to get him. Cause again, we're talking, look at the giants issues with Saquon Barkley. Now with these options, you know, it's when it comes time to pay these running backs on their second contract, they're usually not as valuable. So why not get that extra year, get that option. And um, maybe that's part of the reason why Gibbs is starting to be valued as a first round prospect. So I'll go, in so that's the the best point you can bring up uh, i don't think running backs have first round value the positional value just is not there but with running backs typically not getting that second contract that fifth year option does make it more valuable especially if it's in the back end of the first round yeah. we're not talking about you know the 10 million uh, per year third overall saquon barkley or fourth overall saquon barkley if you're talking more around 28 through Let's say 30 because I don't want to even put any bad juju out there. I don't want the Chiefs taking him at 31. Um, I think it can make a little bit of sense. Again, I don't personally want my team to do that, but I can understand some of the value of getting that fifth year if you are not going to give a running back a second contract. That does make a little bit of sense. Um, Where have you seen 
Gibbs over Bijan Robinson? Because those people are just trying to be hot take artists. Well, I mean, I, I'll look it up because I swear I saw that from one of the. And I saw the opposite. I saw a mock draft uh, from an insider last night having Gibbs dropping down to like 50th. Yeah. A- again, that's where I would go. A second right. round running back, fine. I'll, I'll entertain it. But I just don't like a running back in the first round. The positional value just isn't there. Take a look back at these Super Bowl teams, the winners. Have they had this uh, great running back core? No, it, it's been Damian and Daryl. Like, like, just look back. It's not the Christian McCaffrey's, the Alvin Kamara's, the Saquon Barkley's, the Derrick Henry's. They're not the ones that are making the team go to the next level. It's not the running back position. Yeah, and I it was Jeremy Fowler of ESPN reported that some NFL teams have former Alabama football running back Jameer Gibbs as their top-rated running back over former Texas football running back B. John Robinson ahead of the NFL draft. And Fowler said it is not because of the ability, but fit and scheme. So, Jeremy Fowler... I doubt you're watching this, but if you are, you know, I credited you with that, with that heater, but he's just doing his job. Yeah. Uh, Raiders will take a quarterback with their first draft pick. Uh, yeah, I'll say, I'll say in, uh, I said earlier, I think um, the Raiders are going to take Anthony Richardson in seven. So I'll, I'll say in Jimmy Garoppolo is obviously not the long-term answer there. Uh, I think Anthony Richardson, as we've talked about before, seems to be a little bit of a project quarterback, a high ceiling guy. Uh, so what better place for him to go where he can sit behind a Jimmy G for a year or two uh, and then, you know, get into things after that. So I'll, I'll say yes. In. I'll go out. I, I don't think that the Raiders are ultimately – I think they end up going corner, whether it's Weatherspoon or Gonzalez. I think that – old or they trade out altogether. I, I think that – the board didn't break their way. So I think the, the Raiders ultimately don't take a quarterback. I think I'm in. I, I think I'm with Ian. I think they do take a quarterback because Jimmy G is the perfect bridge quarterback. Mm-hmm. This is what right. he's done. Like there's no, no one is sitting here saying, yeah, Jimmy G is the future of the Raiders. No, no one's sitting there. Everyone knows what he is. He's a placeholder, but he seems to be a good leader. He's been on a lot of playoff teams. He's been to a Super Bowl. Um, I, I think he's a guy you can use as a mentor. He, he's maybe the Alex Smith of the current NFL, right? That might be the, his next role. And, and I think he fits it well. Is it fair to him never getting a, a real fair shake? I mean, seriously, he, he was winning all these playoff games with San Fran and everyone's like, okay, it's everyone else. And even me, I, I'm not saying Jimmy G's the guy. I'm not saying he's this game changer, but when you kept winning and there was still constant talk about, well, who are the Niners going to get to take them over the hump? He never really had a fair shake. So I'll say he's the uh, a bridge quarterback and the Raiders do take a quarterback. All right. All right. Tyree Wilson will be the first defensive player selected. Ian, I wonder who you, you're going to say here. Yeah, I'll say in. Um, I guess we've already, we've already covered this a little bit when we were talking about earlier with the Texans and the Cardinals pick. But uh, at the end of the day, I'm not an NFL insider. I don't have the phone numbers of any inside sources at any team. So my inside source, which is not an inside source, it's just a source, is betting odds. And betting odds say that he's now the betting favorite to be the first defensive pay- player selected. I'll see if I can find some here. Minus 150. So slight favorite, but favorite nonetheless. So I'll say in. I'll say in two. I think uh, whether it's Houston Sands, Pat at two, they take Tyree. Maybe Arizona takes him at two, uh, at three, sorry. Um, I'll say in. I, I, I believe that Tyree ends up finding his way um, as the first defense player selected. Again, that ceiling, I think, is just too much to pass up. Out. <laughs> Give me Will Anderson. I, I'm all in on Will Anderson. I, I am. Uh, I think just the talent's there. The floor is there. The ceiling's there. It's all there. Give me Will Anderson. You guys can have your your Wilson. Give me Anderson. What comes first in the alphabet, A or W? A. A, baby. A, I'm pretty we're, sure. We're not Jameis Winston. Someone who has the last name that's W. Someone has the last name that's W. I know I'm at the bottom. <laughs> uh, all right. Let's do it. Uh, final one. Falcons will select Bijan Robinson. Ian, the floor is yours. Uh, I, I, I unfortunately, <laughs> I unfortunately think yes. I think they trade down and then, well, in my mock draft, which I did last night, 
I have him trading down to 12 and then selecting him there. It's just they've made it very clear, and if any Falcons fans watching this, you know this. The Falcons' management has made it very clear um, that their strategy, and they've shown this the past few years, is that is that they um, go after the, the positions that they need, they go after them in free agency, and their strategy in the draft is to take the best player available no matter the position. And some people might say Bijan Robinson, just on a pure talent and skill base, might be the best player in the draft. If this, was, if this draft was 20 years ago, he'd be the first overall pick. So if the Falcons stick to that strategy, despite having so many holes in their team that if they were a boat, they'd sink, they're <laughs> going to take another running back. They have Cordero Patterson. They have Tyler Algier, a fifth-round pick last year for, who, who rushed for 1,000 yards. But we also took a tight end, like second or third overall, whenever that was that we, that we took Kyle Pitts, and we had even more holes then than we do now. We selected a tight end and then decided not to throw to him for the next two years. So unfortunately... Yeah, I think the Falcons might take Bijan. I hope they at least trade down to get a little bit more capital before. If they take him at eight, that's gonna be it's gonna be a tough night for your boy. But I I do think they take Bijan Robinson. I'm out. I I don't think so. I I think there's too many other options for the Falcons. Whether it's trading down, whether it's pass rusher, I just I've even seen offensive linemen mocked. I just I think that. It's almost coming like groups think that the Falcons end up pulling the trigger on Bijan. So I, I'm going to go, no, the Falcons don't select. I, I think ultimately, you know, I think maybe the Falcons end up trading down. Just one of those teams, if the quarterbacks start falling, someone moves up because obviously you're paying less of a premium. I think the Falcons end up trading down if I had to, if I had to put money on it. Yeah, I'll go out. I, I don't see Bijan Robinson going to a team that has Cordell, pa- Cordell Patterson and a dude that ran for over a K last year. It doesn't make any sense. It just doesn't make any sense. Now, the Falcons are not known for a team that makes a lot of sense to begin with, as Ian so uh, graciously pointed out. But even they, I don't think, would make this move. So I'm out. I hope you guys are right. <laughs> There that's, are, a, that's a cynic in you. That, that's the fan of a team who's a cynic right there. No, but like, here's the thing. You'll be pissed that you drafted Bijan, then come around week one, you're going to be so hyped that he's on your team because he's so good. Like, you're, you're eventually going to forget how annoyed you are that, like, this is poor roster construction. Just be like, oh, my God, like, he's so sick. Yeah, <laughs> so talk, talking yourself into having a three running back set. Yeah. You, you got the, the split formation in the back. Then you yeah, have run the old wishbone. Bring back the wishbone <laughs> formation and just run it. 99% of the time. Split T, baby. Come on. It'll work. <laughs> uh, all right, boys. What the hell's going on? Ian, what you up to? Uh, well, first of all, Sterling, I got to say 56 minutes into the show, I got to finally say happy birthday, my friend. Oh, thank you. So we, we, we know what's going on in your life. Yeah, you're celebrating tonight. You're going out. You're waiting till this weekend. What's 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 the birthday plan? Uh, going to my parents for dinner. Uh, not big plans. The NFL draft has me... Very busy. So I will be doing basically nothing. Hopefully sleep. Hopefully sleep is somewhere on the agenda. Good. Well, happy birthday. Yeah, we we buried the lead with this one. It was your birthday, uh, your birthday live show. So happy birthday to you for me. Yeah, NFL draft. Uh, Ian, we want to plug the live stream that we're doing Thursday, the draft marathon. Reacting live to every single pick. So uh, and shout out to Jay Ward in the chat. You've been great in the comments i don't think witherspoon lasts to eight i think if he was there then the falcons would take him but i don't think he ends i think he goes six or seven in my opinion yes i agree but yeah we i should we should have plugged it at the top of the show but yeah we are doing a live uh draft stream night of the draft uh sterling you'll be at the draft so i don't believe you'll be with us but maybe for a quick minute right at the very end but we'll see um but it'll be myself reed you'll you'll be on uh, at the start peter do will be with me um and well we're gonna have a ton of guests throughout the show a ton of uh fans of uh people in the sports media space who are fans of teams are gonna come on and get their quick thoughts right before their team select so it's gonna be a fun show it's gonna be a marathon of a show isn't it a four hour isn't it take four hours to do the first round um it's a gonna be a lot of filler busting out of you (laughs) yeah and yeah, I'm, I, yeah. So I might have a couple, a couple drinks, a couple of wobbly pops throughout. So we'll see how that goes by the end of it. So wobbly uh, pops is the most Canadian thing I've ever heard. And I absolutely love it. <laughs> couple wobbly pops. Nothing wrong with that. Uh, so yeah, fun show. Join us for that live stream on Thursday night. 
Check them out on Thursday. Yeah, I'll be at the draft uh, doing stuff Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, potentially Saturday. I don't know. Do, do I really want to stick around for fourth, fifth, sixth, seventh round? I don't know. Come on. <laughs> I, I'll, I'll be honest with you. I will be honest with you. I don't know if I can do that. Um, but it's going to be a lot of fun. Going to be entertaining. Going to be chaos. Feels like it's going to be a celebration of Kansas City, full transparency, because Chiefs just won the Super Bowl. And how many fans of other teams, like our Panthers fans, were drafting first overall? Are they going to go from – from Carolina and make the trip to Kansas City when the weather's not great. I don't know. Houston, you're probably sitting there in 85 degree weather golfing. Are you going to come up here to Kansas City to see the Texans trade back or draft Will Levis? Eh, probably not. So we'll see. Feels like it's going to be a, uh, a lot of fun, though, and a celebration of Kansas City. I love Jay Ward telling me happy birthday, big 4 0. Come on. I'm 29. <laughs> I look that old. Thanks, dude. That hurts, man. That 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 one hurts. You should have the mustache, though. The, the mustache is aging you a little bit. Well, I'm trying to look professional, okay? I'm trying to go to the NFL draft and act like I've been here before. Not that this is my first NFL draft I've covered. Come on. <laughs> Got to be a pro out here. If you want the pro, follow Ian McMillan on Twitter on Twitter at Ian McBets. Follow Reed Wallach on Twitter at Reed Wallach. I am Sterling Holmes. You can follow me at Homestretch KC. Until next Tuesday, this is Stacking the Box. We are out.